Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. Gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? Chester did a nice job reading that gospel. He, he confessed to me between the services today that Uh, He was away at a deacon's retreat yesterday with the bishop, and the bishop encouraged all the deacons to put some pep in their reading of the gospel. And I said, well, Chester, most Sundays I would just tell the other deacons to take their notes from you. But that question that Jesus repeats again and again, Chester delivered really well, because there is, from Jesus today, this questioning, this repetition. Three times today, Jesus says to his followers, what did you go out to see? There's a fundamental tension in this text, and Jesus is pushing the crowd. And frankly, by the time we get to this Sunday of Advent, many of us could use the push. And the tension is palpable, not just in the pages of scripture, but in the world around us in the lines at the stores, in meetings, in workplaces, study halls, and colleges, the pressure is on. That old line of the prophets can be felt on the wind, can't it? The end is nigh. So where is Jesus pushing? What did these folks go out to the wilderness to see? Uh, the answer is really easy. It's right there in the scripture on one level. John the Baptist. Bible trivia, right? They went out there to see John. They left the comforts of Jerusalem or Jericho, wandered that dangerous road down to the lowest geographical point on earth, the Jordan Valley, the wilderness out there. The people went to see this camel fur-wearing, locust-eating prophet that got introduced last week. And I left Julie in charge just one Sunday, and already John's gotten arrested. (laughs) John had grown famous for his preaching, out there on the edge, for declaring, the jig is up. And while the Roman Empire grew more oppressive, while the powers in the cities colluded with the occupying forces, this wild man appeared in the wilderness, and by all accounts, the people listened. People went out there to see. Jesus asks the crowd, do you think John was just a reed in the wind? It's a way of saying, do you think this guy was just full of hot air? John this morning's in prison. It wasn't really Julie. Herod Antipas, the ruler of the region, got nervous from all these crowds. That's in the Bible, it's in the extra-biblical sources as well. John made the powers that be nervous, and so they locked him up. He had him arrested. Does John being in prison mean that the prophecy was false? 
If he was a true prophet, wouldn't God have preserved him, helped him to survive? That's the tension that we've arrived into this third Sunday of Advent. And it's the tension that Jesus pushes the crowd into with his question, what did you go out to see? I want to invite you to sit a little bit with Jesus' question. Because I think we can all use this push in our spiritual lives. Especially right now. The build-up to Christmas can be difficult for all the reasons I already mentioned. And because we have so many subjective expectations about this time of year. And what it's supposed to be like. That word supposed to be may be strongest at Christmas. There's a lot of pressure around Christmas to conform. We're supposed to be merry and bright. We're supposed to be surrounded by loved ones. We're supposed to be enjoying holiday parties, drinking hot cocoa and eggnog. We're supposed to be caroling and wrapping presents. More than any time of year, there's this pressure for our reality to conform to some kind of ready-made image of holiday joy, some nostalgic memory of, Christi of Christmas past, some Hallmark movie image of what Christmas is supposedly about. So what if you don't feel like caroling this year? What if you're exhausted because three years worth of life has been compressed in the last three months, and you're just hoping to limp your way across New Year's this time? What if you're barely hanging on because you're missing someone who was a big part of your Christmas celebrations in the past? because there's news that isn't such good news for your family. What if this is a hard year? Does it make you the Grinch? Now, frankly, if it does, our world could use some more Grinches, some more folks who are not content to let Christmas be a syrupy celebration of consumption and performative schmaltz. We could use some reminders. And Christmas isn't for those who have it all together. Christmas isn't about all the folks in the fine clothes. Christmas happens out on the edge, out in the wilderness, outside our comfort zones. Christmas is an announcement to people who are worried, harassed, and barely hanging on. Christmas isn't about reinforcing the status quo, but about God breaking reality wide open. Christmas is about God making a new world. What did you go into the wilderness to see? Those of you who were here or who tuned in last week know that Julie and I had to swap Sundays. I'm joking that I left her in charge. I was real sick last week. Uh, originally, Julie was going to preach this Sunday. I was going to preach last. And when I got back into the office this week, uh, Julie and I started talking about this gospel. And Julie was paying extra special attention to this gospel because Julie's leading our Grace Gatherings work, our work around the inclusion of people of diverse abilities and with different neurodiversities. And so, of course, Julie was tuned in to Jesus' words, tell John the blind are able to see, those who are crippled are walking, those who are deaf now hear. With all that work around inclusion, Julie's been wondering, and she's infected me with this wonder, is it that simple? Is that what healing looks like? 
Does the arrival of the Messiah mean that the disability is erased? Is that our hope? Or is our hope about the healing of community? In the kingdom of God are those with sight and those without able to navigate together. In God's reign are those who hear and those who sign able to communicate. When Messiah comes, is the Christian community meant to make sure that everyone can travel together, whether they walk or whether they roll? And Julie and I were wondering this week, what if Jesus is relaying to John in prison a simple message? We aren't leaving anyone behind. We're not leaving anyone out question, I think, is worth pondering because it gets down to this root of hope. It helps us return to Jesus' question, what did you go to the wilderness to see? And part of what is so powerful about John the Baptist is that he pointed beyond himself. The crowds left the cities, went out to see this wild, furry guy, and John said, it's not about me. Another one is coming. And today, Jesus does the same thing. Have you seen those cheesy signs that are around? And they say, Jesus is the reason for the season. On the one hand, I like them, because uh, I'm a little cheesy sometimes. And, and because they remind us that this really isn't a time of year that's all about candy canes and consumption. But on the other hand, reading this gospel from Matthew, I'm not sure Jesus would agree. And when John asks, are you the one who is to come? Jesus doesn't point to himself. He points out beyond himself to the poor. And Jesus points to all the people who would have been left out who are being brought along. Jesus even points to the dead being raised up. It's not about me. That last one can be hard at the holidays, the dead being raised up. I'll be honest with you, this Sunday's a little bit hard for me, because uh, a year ago, one of my favorite parishioners told me that she had terminal cancer. And I know priests aren't supposed to have favorites, but I would venture that if you knew her, Sandra Ellis was one of just about everybody's favorites around here. And Sandra died a few weeks after Christmas. The disease was mercifully short. I've been thinking about her a lot as Christmas has been coming. But this week, uh, it's because I've had this song stuck in my head with the gospel today. It was a song that we had as part of our worship early in the pandemic. Um, I think it was Juliet and Rebecca Bester who sang it. And we, we had it at the front end of worship and, and we stuck with it for what felt like months and Sandra loved it and it was part of the reason why we stuck with it for so long. And the music's by Anna Hernandez and it's a mix of just two very simple lines. One of them from St. Julian of Norwich, it just says, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. One voice repeats that again and again and again. And then another quote comes in, a quote from Arundhati Roy, Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. She is on her way. 
And for weeks, as we listened to those choir members sing those words, Sandra would comment, I love this song. It's so reassuring. Those words, they, those words of another world is on her way. They ask us to find an inner place within us of waiting, of watching, of listening. Advent, friends, it's not just a countdown to December 25th. It's not just about opening doors with chocolate until you're there. We're not just holding back from telling the story of a child's birth. Rather, this is a full time, a time when we wait for the coming of another world, another way of being in the world, another community. We wait for the inbreaking of love, of peace, of joy. We wait and we watch for the signs of a beloved community where no one is left out, not because they're disabled, not because they're queer, not because they're grieving, no one is left out. We dare to even wait for a coming world where death does not have the last word, where we are reunited with those who have gone before us in faith. We, are trust, we trust that they are with us even now. Advent is about going to the wilderness because there at the edge, there in the hands of wild ones, something new can be born. God is bringing an end to the death-dealing ways of our world. As Christmas gets closer, as the pressure builds, don't settle for less than the whole. Don't settle for less than the whole prophecy. Don't settle for some commercialized version of Christmas. Enjoy what you can of it, but know that Christmas is not a manufactured emotion. What did you go to the wilderness to see? See the signs that God is breaking into our world, remaking our world. Dare to dream. Dare to sing that another world is not only possible, she is on her way. Take some time to get quiet. Maybe go on a walk or just sit as the dawn breaks. Dare to watch for the signs. Despite all evidence to the contrary, God is remaking our world for love. Amen.